As the downtown reporter for Knox News, I like to consider myself a true downtown guy. Um, I do my best to keep the listeners and the readers up to date with the latest news happening around downtown, whether it's new businesses or developments, restaurants, entertainment, trends, city government. But there's somebody who has done the job of informing people about downtown Knoxville far longer than I have, and that is Rick Emmett, who has been the downtown coordinator for the city of Knoxville the past 12 years and has actually been with the city way longer than that, uh, more than 30 years under five different Knoxville mayors, and the time has come for Rick Emmett to retire from the city. And with that, uh, the city of Knoxville is losing a person with a lot of institutional knowledge, a familiar face to a lot of downtown residents and downtown business owners. And I thought it would be a great time to have Rick on the show before his final day with the city later this month. And just to talk about what it is to be a downtown coordinator and how downtown has changed and where he sees downtown growth going. We met over at the Hyatt Hotel on Gay Street, which you might have read on KnoxNews.com. Could be getting sold soon. And while we were there, we ran into multiple people who Rick Emmett recognized and people that he said he probably needs to talk to. But I am fortunate that Rick had the time to sit down with me for this podcast. But before we get into it, I want to go back to last week's podcast in which we asked you, the listeners, to share what you think should be done with the prior Brown Garage. And I got a lot of interesting responses that I'd like to share here on the show, including one from Aaron Atchley, who says, a grocery store on the ground floor a new UT theater, and an East Tennessee Music Hall of Fame. All sound like great ideas. Of course, we'll be waiting to see exactly what happens with that property. Uh, we had a Barbara Andrew who suggested, you know, we have enough brew pubs and restaurants and bar space in downtown, and she sees a need for there to be more parking, especially with more residents coming downtown and with the new baseball stadium. So thank you, Barbara, for reaching out. Wayne Whitehead mentioned that he had worked downtown for many years and always found available free parking, saved a lot of money and got some exercise, he says. Uh, but he loved walking by to see um, attendants ride up the man lift to retrieve customers' cars at Prior Brown. So he has some memories of that garage. Of course, I've always known it as just the crumbling garage, but it was around and it's a historic garage and served a lot of people for a lot of years. Wayne's suggestion would be a retro mod restoration but I'm sure that would be a challenge, he says. The beauty of the building is in the windows and the brick. Christian Dennis, with the prime location in the middle of downtown, nothing less than 20 stories should be built in that location. Knoxville needs to quit thinking small, show more aspiration for growth, and eliminate rampant cheap development throughout the city. Have another message here from a Sandra Smith, who... I hear you, Sandra. Did not like my idea about bringing UT into downtown. Says, too much of Knoxville is controlled by UT already, and the university is prone to encroaching on property whenever it gets the chance. I would prefer just about anything other than that idea. Again, Sandra brings up the idea for a downtown grocery store, which you can read about at knoxnews.com. I looked at what that would take for that to happen. And then we have a message from... Brett Kilgore, who says, replace it with a new multi-level garage. There's a shortage of parking for downtown Knoxville. Um, got a lot more responses from people. Again, I appreciate you reaching out. And uh, a lot of uh, suggestions about a grocery store, which is something you hear a lot about in downtown Knoxville. And you can read about not only, like I said, um, you know, I looked at what it would take for a grocery store to come downtown, but also 
plans that were recently shared for a possible grocery store on Sevier Avenue, which could be exciting for people in that area. So now it's about time for our conversation with Rick Emmett. But before we get started, I need to remind everyone who I am. I am Brian Willis, downtown reporter at Knox News and co-host here of the Scruffy Stuff podcast, a podcast about all the news happening in and around downtown Knoxville. The Scruffy Stuff is brought to you by KnoxNews.com, where you can find everything we discuss here on the show and a whole lot more. Knox News relies on support from readers and listeners to provide you compelling stories from Knoxville and across East Tennessee. Subscribers get an all-access pass to all of our premium, exclusive content. And to become a subscriber, it's easy. Just visit knoxnews.com slash subscribe, see our latest offer, and sign up today. So... One thing that I read recently, I guess it was a piece by Georgiana Vines. I guess you spoke with her for Knox News, and she mentioned in that piece that sort of your job is waking up in the morning and thinking about downtown. So I guess just to start out, can you talk a little bit about, you know, you wake up in the morning, your day starts, what are the thoughts that are going through your head? What are the things that you have to consider for the day? I guess simply what's like a typical day like for Rick Emmett as the downtown coordinator? Well, a lot of mornings I'll wake up and begin to think about where are road closures today what sidewalks going to be closed i'll think about things like uh, what new business is opened up who, who do i need to contact or who am i going to try to introduce myself today you know i'll think about what events are coming soon uh, that we need to be concerned about or not concerned but um, that we need to uh, communicate you know to others about how's it going to impact them um, just things like that and then every day no day is, is is, is typical. You start out thinking that and you come in the office and you'll get some random phone call about parking or, you know, some vagrant issue or you, you just never know what you're going to get into. Just a whole host of things that may come up. Right. And so I've been here five years and I know you said that you'd been in your role as downtown coordinator for 12 years, but 31 years with the city. 31 right? total, yes. Um, well, let's let's start with the 12 years. So, like I said, I've been here five years. I've seen downtown change uh, dramatically. But 12 years ago, when you stepped into this role, what did downtown look like? I mean, if you had to describe it to somebody that's never been here, and I think your description compared to what it's like now will show people just how much it's changed. But 12 years ago, what is what, what was downtown Knoxville? Well, I, actually, it's been more like 15 years that I've been downtown. 12 okay. years I've been a downtown coordinator, but a couple of years before that, I was kind of a I don't know what you call a project manager or what you would call it, but I was actually in the mayor's office. Uh, we started the 100 block uh, streetscape project, and okay. that's really when I came up here. That was more like 2007, 2008. I remember that because the real estate market crashed. By the time we start this huge project, which is obviously going to impact properties on the 100 blocks, right. I thought, oh, Was gosh, Sturkey open at that time? It's already been okay. open for a while by yeah. then. And so downtown was 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 in a, a renaissance time then. We had a lot of things going on. Bill Haslam had been governor, been mayor for a, a while then. Um, we were getting Mass General Store had come into town. Riggle Cinema had come into town. Started having events. Started having farmers market. So it was it had, it had, it had, it really taken a big leap in those few years of the early two thousands up to two thousand seven two thousand eight. And we just wanted to keep all that going. So um, the Hunter Block uh, clearly was in. A really bad shape. Um, all the mayors had talked about doing something there because we knew we really needed to do a project, but it was so complex and expensive. And uh, Haslam d- decided to do it, and so they asked me to to try to coordinate activities over there. We'd had experience before when we when uh, under Mayor Ash, where we had redone the 400 block of Gay Street. Right. This was back 
out in the 1990s, I guess. And uh, not many businesses down here, but not a lot of attention probably given to business coordination and that kind of thing. So a lot of disarray about every business end up going out right. uh, through that period. Um, and so we, so we sort of knew that. So, um, so they asked me to try to get in the middle of the hundred block construction. And so I made a point of going to every business. Uh, one, we had to have easements from all of them, so I yeah. had to do that anyway. What were some of the businesses down there back then in the 100 block? Do you remember? Uh, I think Namo was down there at okay. the time. Uh, Sturkey Building was there. Was Crew? Was it Crew? Crew was there at some point. Yeah. Uh, l- later, we had uh, there's a there's a Cuban place down there. Um, uh, people miss that probably. Alante's or something like that. Yeah. Uh, VMC was on the corner back in those days. Okay. Yeah. Volunteer Ministry Center. The Emporium had just started, just maybe a few years earlier, so it was a it was a pretty diverse little little area. A lot of students in Sturkey Building. Uh, some folks lived in the Commerce Building. They had, there's condos there, so it was a pretty diverse little community. Um, but it was also uh, with VMC being there, it was interesting. They're lined up on the sidewalk for meals and for housing and things every day up there, like they are at Carm now. Right, like a tale this, of two cities in one. This was block, on hundred block, like, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, the only way to do that project was just, frankly, complete destruction. We had to tear everything out at once, pretty much. So the whole road was closed for like 18 months and trying to keep a sidewalk open and trying to keep access to all the properties and was a pretty interesting uh, way to, to do it. We, we, but we were successful. We had a really good contractor that worked closely with us and I worked closely with them. You know, I, my engineering background and, uh, you know, I knew a lot about construction, so I was able to talk to the operators i right. could get down in the, on the ground you Didn't know, need a with, translator to, yeah, to, to well, talk I, about that could, stuff you know i could just walk up there every day and find out exactly what are you doing today and right. how, how long is it going to take and are there any problems so so it was pretty interesting it worked out pretty well there I thought. yeah so that, that 100 block project that paid off huh i mean that's that's a that's one of the more exciting blocks i know for a, a long time it's talked about the the missing tooth of the 200 block, right? That, you know, it's hard to pull people down in the 100 block, but now, you know, as, as you're leaving, you started out with 100 block and now it seems the 100 block's going to maybe get some more love and attention now that you're going to have something in the 200 block. So that's got to be exciting too, well, right? The 200 block project. And we also improved the 200 block, you know, streetscape as while we were doing that. I mean, okay. the sidewalks there also got attention and yeah. infrastructure while we're at it. So. Yeah. Set them up for a, it was a new whole area. And then the other interesting thing that happened then, Ryan, was, um, of course, you're talking about 2007, 2008, and we were talking about trying to communicate and better communication. And I had, I don't know, I think bi-weekly meetings or something up there so anybody could come talk to the contractor, engineers, and, and me about anything going on. But Bill Lyons was my boss and mentor then, and Bill said, why don't you, why don't you do a blog? And I went, what, what's a blog? And so we started talking about a blog, and back in the day, you could get a free I think it was blogspot.com or something, yeah. a Google blog thing. So, I, so he taught me into doing a blog. And so I started, I probably started the first blog the city of Knoxville ever did. Oh, wow. I keep so, up with that blog so now, too. Yeah, so. Hunter Block at blogspot.com. So, so I, I, I didn't know what, I didn't know what I was doing. And I, so I would just tell it like it is, you know, and, and people love that, though, apparently. I would, I'd, you know, I'd pretty much say, here's what I, here's what the contractor told me today. And engineering didn't like that particularly. Yeah, well, that's but, awesome. But I would, and then I would throw some pictures in there. And then I started finding some old pictures. People would give me older pictures. And they, people love the old pictures. So I, on rainy days, I would do some research and find some old pictures, some, you know, before and after shots. And 
you know, within a month, I had like two or 3,000 people reading my blog, and it was, it was pretty scary for an old surveyor from eastern Kentucky to be, because <laughs> I found pretty quickly, you know, the, uh, a poorly chosen word would really set people off, you know, if, yeah. I, if I didn't communicate it exactly the way I intended to, I would have to go back, and so I, I had to, I had to be very, I became, I became very careful about what, I, the way I did it, I would, yeah. I would, I would draft it and then I'd read it and I'd, you know, <laughs> probably like you writers have to do today. But I was going to say, yeah. I mean, you have one typo, you lose all credibility. You, you just accidentally exactly. hit one key exactly. and people are, are, are screaming at you. But the, uh, you know, people, and I think people who listen to this podcast probably understand, right, the importance of downtown and why there's so much a focus on downtown. But there's, you know, some people that, you know, I see it in the comments every time I write about downtown story. You know, why are we putting so much attention on downtown when there's other places in Knoxville? And of course, the budget is citywide, and, and there's and there's stuff allocated all over the place. But for you, what is so special about downtown, and what is the reason that you feel like downtown deserves maybe not an extra, you know, an extra level of focus, but a careful level of focus, and why you know it's so important to make sure that things are. Well, you're the downtown coordinator, coordinated downtown, and that imp- how that impacts the entire city. I mean, it is the center of the city. Why have you been drawn to it, and why is it so important to focus on it and put a lot of time and effort into a city's downtown? Well, Knoxville's not just the center. I mean, it's the center of the region. It's uh, right. You know, this this whole area. So, folks, you know, when you when you're when you're out of town and, and someone asks you where you're from, you'll say Knoxville. You won't say Knox County or wherever. It's the nearest big big city. And downtown, you know, I grew up, you know, I'm a pretty old guy, and I grew up when downtown was really hopping. Knoxville was, was, a, was the place to go if you're going to go to a, a big city. Mm-hmm. And it really felt like a big city. And it's the economic, been the economic engine for the city for a number of years, you know. They're in the, I guess, the 1990s and maybe the late 80s. Things were starting to go in the suburbs a little bit. But really, the, the downtown has been the economic hub of, of the city. So, so keeping downtown... Uh, viable uh, was important economically for the city and county and the, and the region. Um, so I, that, that's 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 what I always thought about. I thought we really need to do what we can can here to make this as good as it as it can possibly be. Right. And personally, what what is it about downtown Knoxville? Obviously, you've seen it through different iterations over time. I mean, when you look at downtown Knoxville right now, what is it that you love about this city and this downtown? I love it because it's such a it's got such a small town feel for a big city. I totally mean, agree. You know, anybody that spends any time down here, you'll know a ton of people. I mean, I just just today, I you know, I've came downtown. I've probably already talked to. It's only I've only been here an hour, downtown an hour. I've probably talked to six or eight people already. Well, we were looking around this and lobby we, earlier. We we noticed yeah, a bunch of people that a bunch of familiar faces and, and downtown you know, business I, owners. I probably need to talk to about something. You know, <laughs> right. they need to talk to me and. And it, just walking down here, I had two or three conversations. I have to be careful when I have meetings downtown just because I run into so many people I know and having a, a conversation with. And a, lot, and a lot of it is really things I, I probably needed to needed to know or needed to tell them. So it's, But it's really like a small-town feel because you do know everybody, and I know their families, and we know their histories, and they know mine. And, uh, you know, it's just a kind of a cool, kind of a cool thing. Well, perhaps the biggest downtown storyline right now, and, and this comes up because you know you mentioned things moving from the city to the suburbs, and I think about the the stadium project that's coming in right now, um, which I imagine, if you were staying in your role, would involve a lot of downtown coordination. I mean, I'm sure it already does, but I mean, um, I guess just you know thinking about that, you talked about you know Gay Street 400 block, 
had some revitalization than the 100 block has and it seems like this stadium district is about to be the next district that's about to get a lot of love and attention and investment how do you see that change in the city and what is your have you had a role in that at all uh in, in the planning and the coordination pre-construction i'm just curious sort of where you see that project going how that you can see that transforming downtown and the city as a whole well i mean that's an exciting project i haven't been as involved in that as i have others since i've been retiring and they've I pretty much haven't been as involved it's going to cause some transformation i'm sure i mean you're there's only so much energy around and so a lot of things that may happen on market square are probably going to happen there now um, and World's Fair Park, and so, um, and so to balance all that out is going to be interesting to see. I, I think the old city is going to end up being a very mixed-use, uh, diverse area. It already is, but I think it's going to even be more so instead of just the bar area that it was for many years. I think the next three or four years, or two, a couple of years at least, is going to be kind of kind of tricky for the old city. And all the construction going on, and, and I mean Willow Willow Avenue's closed, for instance, so all the traffic's going to go down Central to Jackson. Right. That's going to be a lot of truck traffic, probably, um, a lot of construction activities through there, um, and those are all tricky tricky things, you know, loading and unloading and noise and things that happen with construction for a few years. I mean, it's kind of like the hundred block, except it's all the way up there, but that's the only way traffic, you imagine the traffic, that's the only way traffic can get there. Right. I mean, coming off the interstate, hitting Summit Hill and going down Central. And even when baseball happens, that's going to be, I mean, Mr. Google's probably going to take you there. If you type in Google baseball, you're probably going to suck you into Central at Jackson. And, right. And that's going to be a little bit of a concern i'm afraid one of these days down there but i'm sure traffic engineers and others have looked closely at all at that whole situation but um it's going to be interesting to see how that all that all develops yeah didn't mean to put you on the spot with that i'm just like downtown coordinator there's there's not a bigger story right now i feel like than that down downtown stadium but i'm curious if there's any other downtown projects that are coming you know after you um leave as downtown coordinator that you're going to be following closely or that you're particularly excited about i think the mclong warehouse redevelopment is going to be huge yeah um, and i think that may start i hope that starts sometime in the next year or two um, i'm hoping that a, a bid may go out an rfp may go out later on this year um, that's a huge area down there between you know gay street viaduct and broadway right for development you're talking about two blocks of city property there and now as you probably know the railroad is giving up some land there which makes it even a better spot for development right. it was always kind of narrow and because so you can imagine you know that there's a dire need for parking obviously a lot of folks have mentioned that that's your prime spot for well, i've always said a, a large podium structure similar to university commons would be great there um, maybe structures on top of it maybe even all the way to the gay street viaduct level yeah i mean if you look at gay street and broadway they're almost the same elevation so you could mm-hmm. almost tie together several blocks of city you know, infrastructure, city structure there. Um, so um, I think that's going to be very exciting when that happens. Um, that'll bring even more people, you know, to the north. So uh, so I think that'll happen. I think that'll be the next big thing. We've pretty much already done all the streetscape, streetscaping downtown, I think, that's 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 needed. There's probably more, but we've, you know, we've done all, we've done Market Street, we've done Union Avenue, we've done Gay Street. So I don't know if there's a lot more streetscaping to be done, but um, 
and there's not that much property for government development. It's all going to be private development. Right. So. Yeah, there's not many blank canvases in downtown Knoxville no. at all. I mean, I was thinking, I've been writing a lot about Prior Brown Garage lately and that coming down. I'm like, this is such a rare opportunity to have such a prominent piece of empty land that you're going to be able to develop. And McClung Warehouses is a great example, too, of that. Um, now, if you had to think about just sort of 12, I, I've already asked you about 12 years ago and what downtown looked like. But what has been the most surprising change? If you think about where you were 12 years ago, what is something about downtown Knoxville now that you say to yourself, I never would have imagined that downtown would have had this or downtown would have been like this. I mean, you know, 12 years, a lot has changed. What's been the most surprising changes for you? Ah, gosh, I don't know, Ryan. I, parking, probably. I mean, yeah. the, the, the demand for parking. Uh, you keep We keep building garages and building levels on garages and keep thinking you have enough and you never have enough. What and is that, just more people wanting, more, more people, people visiting? More people wanting to visit. Yeah. yeah, more people wanting to visit, basically. And live downtown because you know a lot of the older structures that are built can't, don't have parking, and they need to have they need to have their own, their own parking, or they need some parking. And uh, I just you I, you never really think about that. You think well, there's plenty of on street parking and and others, but there are waiting lists in every garage that the city has right now. And so that's interesting and surprising to me somewhat. I mean, we you know we added on three levels of the of the State Street garage over the last. 10 years, I guess, five or 10 years. And I thought, gosh, that'll be more than we'll ever need. Well, guess we're already full and we have waiting over yeah. there already, waiting lists. So uh, that's probably that's probably as much as anything. And you mentioned baseball earlier. I think parking, you know, and I know folks are talking about parking, considering parking, but I think that's going to be a, an issue, particularly on game days, obviously. So. And then the same sort of question, I mean, looking 12 years ahead, which is a long time, because obviously you've, you've experienced 12 years of change downtown. I don't think you can anticipate what, exactly what it's going to look like. But if you think about sort of the trends that you see right now, you know, you're stepping out of your role, you're retiring. I imagine there's some things that are that you're seeing now, some trends that after you leave, you know, might happen. What are what where's sort of downtown growth and downtown just in general trending, would you say? I mean, is there is there anything that you see? that you're anticipating that maybe hasn't been announced yet, but you see might be coming around the corner. Um, whether it's, you know, whether it's, you know, more parking or whether it's, you know, downtown's about to get this or that. I mean, just where do you see downtown in the next few years um, as far as things that are different downtown that weren't here, that aren't here right now? Well, I think there'll be even more residential development downtown, which will probably bring more retail than we have now. We've always struggled to, to have retailers down here, but um, there'll be so many more heads and beds, and you look at Cumberland Avenue, you know, a lot of shops have gone out over there, obviously. Right. Uh, and so I think downtown, you know, is probably going to end up having a lot more retail than we than we have now. Um, Can I ask, do you, do you work, is, is Cumberland Avenue considered in, in your, as downtown coordinator? The last couple, three years it has been, yeah. So I have to ask, I mean, what is, what is um, I, again, I, I think I talked about the comments earlier. I see the comments all the time about Cumberland Avenue when I write a story that's like, it's never going to be the same. It's going to be a tunnel of buildings. It's this, it's, you know, it's, it's has no character anymore. I mean, can you just put in perspective, I mean, Cumberland Avenue growth. I mean, obviously there was a city plan for years to encourage certain types of development on Cumberland Avenue. From your perspective, is this an exciting project? Is this something that, you know, is needed? Is there, are there other options or is this the best scenario, I guess, for, for that area? Well, Cumberland, you know, when I, when I grew up, of course, the Cumberland the Strip was the place to be. But, uh, you know, frankly, the last 10 years, it wasn't what it was. I mean, every the you know, buildings had, were 
had not been maintained the way they should be. Uh, businesses weren't, you know, the old businesses weren't weren't there anymore. There's a yeah. lot of newer businesses over there. Um, traffic, if you remember, traffic was a disaster over there. You had left turn, you could, you had a left turn with no left turn lanes, so traffic would be backed up everywhere. Bicyclists, pedestrians had a hard time getting through there. Um, so I think it's going to be exciting. It's not as it's certainly not as unique, maybe as it as it as it as it once was with all those, you know, yeah, strange structures over there. I <laughs> right. guess you would call them. But yeah, um, and I wasn't as involved in the planning. I've like I said, I've only been over about the last couple of three years under the under Kincannon administration. Asked me to do Cumberland and South Knoxville, Severe Avenues, part of my beat, and also North Central. Okay, so my I've, neck of the woods. So I've jumped over there and been talking to those guys too because we have streetscapes and plans going, and they needed felt like they needed some coordination over there too. So I've been going to all their meetings for a couple of three years. Yeah, I think the the Cumberland situation is kind of like chicken or the egg. People always say they and they just use they as just as just a general. They ruin Cumberland. I'm like, well, there you know there was chains here and and stuff moving in and local businesses moving out before there was a streetscape before there was a big 530 million dollar project. So I just I didn't know. I mean, it's you know, well, you look at just, the investment over there. That was always the the thought. If we do this infrastructure improvement, the investment and the your return on investment is going to be huge over there, and it has been. There's been millions and millions of dollars invested over there, just like we imagined. Is it what everybody, the way everybody would have wanted it? Uh, you know, who knows, but it's not. You're never going to please it, everybody, it, it, right? It did, it did do exactly what we thought it would do, and that's raised the level of of investment over there. Yeah. What about, um, sorry, I'm not, I wasn't planning to just keep asking you about specific projects. But when I have you here, I'm thinking about the pedestrian bridge too. If I had to pick another storyline that's huge next to the stadium, it's, it's the pedestrian bridge and the possibility. I don't know if that falls under you. I mean, that's campus though, right? That's not really downtown. Yeah, I haven't been as involved in that, although I was around when that was first proposed years and years and years ago. Yeah. Um, and you know, even then it was a hard project to do, but it made a lot of sense. You know, we, you know, trying to connect up, and I think you live over there, don't you? Right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, office, office of your, So you know, you can yeah. imagine how cool that would be to be able to hit the river walk and get all the way from, you know, Alliance Brewing all the way up to campus by going down a trail and right. going across the waterfront up there and not having to to get around. So it could be a pretty cool thing, but that's a lot of money, and I, I have no idea where that's all going to go. Yeah, yeah. I just. Uh I think that's all the specific project questions I have. I just get excited thinking about, <laughs> thinking about all the stuff that's coming. Now, I, I know you interact with a lot of um, businesses and a lot of residents, right? That I don't mean this to, to, to diminish your title at all, but in a way, like a liaison between the people and, and the city, right? I mean, that's I mean, you know, when people have a question about downtown, they go to you, and you re, and I know you relay that and to the people who, you know, that you know, specific departments that that those questions need to be addressed in. But what is like the thing that people most need? help with like i mean when you when people reach out to you what are they typically asking for is it you know parking help is it permit permitting i mean what is it that the most common theme when people start a conversation with with you and i imagine a lot of people are trying to start a conversation with you and 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 get your help so what are they what are they usually coming to you about it's usually how to interact with bureaucracy it's usually what do i you know and you mentioned it how do i get a permit do i need a permit for this or that or the other thing and who do i talk to or or they're trying to get a permit and they're getting held up or they don't understand some part of it or sometimes they just have an idea and they're wanting to know what am I, you know, what's the city going to think about this, those kinds of things. Um, so, you know, it's really just a, interacting with government and who do, who, do, who do I do, how long is it going to take, what's it going to cost, how do I do these things. Um, and folks really, 
don't know. You can go to our city website, and it's really good, but people, for whatever reason, don't don't do that a lot of times, and and they don't really understand either what to look for. They don't understand what words to put in the search engine to find what they need. You right. Know? Yeah. So. Well, do you do you field the complaints as well? I'm talking like the residences that have, you know, dogs using bathrooms in front of their buildings and stuff like that. I mean, I imagine you got to deal with a lot of that stuff too. How do you, how do you how, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, you got so many things going on. I imagine you know you got to have some patience for that for that sort of role too, right? Well, I call it the minutia of downtown. You know, it's just it's 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 what makes life work. And I, you know, I look at downtown as like my own neighborhood a little bit. You know, and I walk around the neighborhood. I don't. There's certain things going on I don't I don't like, and I'm trying to think of how do we how can we better you know solve this problem? Is it signage? Is it you know do we have a neighborhood cleanup or do we do things like that? And that's the same way with downtown. Are you live do you live downtown? I don't or live okay. downtown no. I've been on the board of the uh, downtown Knoxville Alliance, formerly CBID, for probably ten or twelve years. Okay, and a lot of things come through there. A lot of these kinds of of questions will will go there. Um, but yeah, all, all those kinds of little things that people get annoyed about quite often. I'll get a call or something, or the mayor will get an email or something from somebody upset about something, and she'll ask me to respond, and I'll look into it and do what we can there. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, the, the looking back at your career, I mean, you already talked about the 100 block. Are there any particular efforts that you are especially proud of, stuff that you had your hand in that... Um, really paid off or just i mean proud of in any way uh when you look back what are the things that stand out most to you oh gosh ryan i've there's been so many so many things that we've done a lot a lot of little things and everything from murals you know around the the uh the murals we put on the langley garage the construction of langley garage another hot topic murals Um, nobody like no everybody likes to look at them nobody likes to pay for them i mean what is the i mean how can you just talk about murals? I mean, come on. I mean, they're like, I mean, you think about downtown and you see all this color around here. That's one of my favorite things about downtown is that you, you can, it's not just concrete everywhere. Although I'm looking out the window, there's a lot of concrete and bricks. But, I mean, there's murals all over the place. It's awesome. Well, and Strong Alley's certainly, you know, yeah. it was the artist's alley. And so, um, so we've had a public arts committee for a good long while. Basically came about... Um, because all these statues were showing up on the right of way and all these things and 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 folks would, would would want permission to put them out there but we really had no way to evaluate whether they're worthy or not so the public arts committee was formed with no funding um, board appointed but we knew we needed some publicly funded art i mean big cities chattanooga others have art organizations and we have dogwood and others here of course too um, so under the, I think the Rojero administration, they began to put a little money in public art. And so then then we could kind of work on getting some murals and some things around in a more organized way. A strong alley, of course, was more of a uh, ad hoc thing. You know, there's a group of folks. There's always graffiti in there, some good, some decent looking murals. But, but uh, you know, I'll give credit to, to a local group of folks who came together uh, to put some murals in there, and I, I got wind of it because people were asking, did they get permission from the city? Well, they didn't need any permission from the city. It was all private property. Right, yeah. But I found out, you know, who they were, and they knew who I was, and they began asking about it, and, you know, and, and me with my government hat, I was going, well, yeah, you can, because they were saying, is it okay to paint here? And I was going, well, do you have permission from the property owner? Well, no, but we, it's already graffiti here, and I, well, 
technically you probably ought to get permission from somebody on your building before you do it. I don't imagine the the West family uh, pushing back on permission to, graf- to graffiti they, out there. They, well, the West, Scott, this is, you know, Scott, I'm not even sure they were here then. It was the uh, okay, years yeah. ago before that even, I mean, uh, Jim was here f- for sure yeah. and Paula, but... Um, Anyway, they they, st- they started that, and so I, I steered them toward public art committee because there's funding for paint, and right. for that kind of thing there, and to try to get it more organized, and that all worked out pretty well. Now, of course, Dogwood's taking that over. You may not know that, but Dogwood Arts now mm. has taken over the curation of the Strong Alley. Oh, I didn't realize and that. So they no. swap out the art ever so often because I, once it got rolling over there, I got to thinking it. You know, this would be kind of like art in public places. It could be kind of cool if it was switched out ever so often to make it more interesting is it just like certain parts are switched out and there's still like graffiti allowed in in certain areas i just noticed i noticed the end switch yeah it's private property and so they uh they don't change all of it out they change some of it out every year just to make it a little bit more interesting but the important thing there is they clean up some of the graffiti some of the more obscene things that go on down there that's part of their their charge in the city pays dogwood now we found a funding source mm-hmm. for them to to take over some of it but you know just getting the lighting once that happened we wanted to put the lighting over there we put the pathway through there um i worked on all that pushing all that we got a design from one of the local architects to help us do that and so pull, pulling all that together with property owners and everybody else was a pretty pretty cool thing i thought and then getting the garbage out of the alley that's a whole other topic the whole yeah. garbage situation downtown um, I was gonna say, I feel like you deal with a lot of the stuff that it doesn't sound that sexy, but it's like the stuff that really matters. I mean, it's the stuff that people don't think about that you don't realize how much you know it, it impacts the way downtown just functions. Whether it's trash, parking, road closures, art. I mean, it's just like it's, it's those things go such a, a, a long way, and it's cool to have somebody in your role that enjoy, that not that it's not fun, but that enjoys doing it. I mean, that's an, it's such an important part of, of, of the city and something I think people don't think about a lot, like how much all that sort of trickles down and affects downtown as a whole. But um, art, I mean, anything else that, that really stands out from your, I guess, 31 years, I was going to say 12 years, but I mean, just th- throughout your time with the city. Uh, well, building the parking structures was, was pretty big. And, 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 and like the State Street Garage, for instance, the first mm-hmm. level of the garage we put on, we put the overpass over State Street. We had an old escalator before you got here, Ryan. It didn't work. Yeah. It's basically a set of steps. That's how I got over here this morning. I always, I don't even bother. There's a spot as soon as I pull in, I'm going up to the third level to, to walk across. And so, you know, we began that, 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 and I was pushing, and I pushed that overpass because I knew that was about, uh, again, you know, I'm, I'm a surveyor by trade, and so I could look over at Gay Street, and I could look at our first level, uh, the new level of the State Street Garden. I said, this is almost even. Let's just, is there not some way to connect these two? So yeah. we got that in the budget, and the mayor Haslam was willing to put that in there. Uh, and then we did the, the other two levels under O'Hara. And this is something folks don't really, I don't think they even know it or even think about it. But as part of that one, I came on the idea that I thought we ought to have a new elevator core up at the northeast corner. It would go all the way from central all the way to the top. So you can walk down central by the dog park. Mm. You can hit an elevator right there and come all the way up to the Gay Street level and walk across. Walk across. Adam, so, yeah. okay. so, you know, you don't have to walk up that steep slope of Clinch or Union to get up to Gay Street, particularly someone in a wheelchair or or, or a woman with a stroller or something, you know. Right. So someday with baseball, I think that's going to be pretty pretty cool. You can park in State Street Garage, go all the way down that level. You're on Central, and it's fairly flat all the way to the old city. Right, yeah. But that was a pretty big expense and not and we to, to add that elevator going all the way down there and um so i was happy we got that 
got that done, got that in the budget and got that constructed. You know, when I think about working for the city since 1992, the first several years I was there, you know, I was involved in a lot of other things, obviously, other than downtown, which were very important, I thought, too. I mean, I was census liaison. I've done redistricting for the city. Um, did all the annexations for the city for the last 30 years. That's We annexed 20 square miles of property. I mean, that's was huge. That the, the, the money, the property taxes generated from those annexations is what led to the city having the amount, the amount of money to invest in downtown back in the, in the, in the 2000s, frankly. Um, but the continuity of administrations, you know, Mayor Ash was here, and then when he left, Mayor Haslam, then Governor Haslam came in. Nobody just threw away all the all the plans for projects. Everybody, you know, continued on with, you know, with most of the big projects. We had a lot of folks still in the city, deputy directors particularly, that were still here. And so each, each mayor kind of continued on with the other. They certainly started new projects, but no mayor completely came in and said that's the craziest idea I've ever heard of and and threw the through the plans in the in the trash can and I think that's been huge you know you you know you could have you could have just started over and said we're not going to do that anymore and the money we spent there was stupid we're not going to do it we're going to go on to something else never happened we they always continued and added on to what was already you know already planned and proposed and so I think that was a pretty 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 good pretty cool thing and, and I think that's really contributed to the success of, of downtown in this whole area Awesome. Yeah. Well, I know, uh, I know I'd asked about doing a little, uh, what's our favorite, this and favorite, that favorite restaurant, favorite shop. I understand where you're coming from, right? I know I'm like you, I I love all of them. It's hard to pick a favorite sometimes. So I do want to ask though, once you're retired, how are you most looking forward to spending your time in downtown Knoxville? I mean, is there something that you're looking to do more of now that you'll have, I'm guessing, well, I don't know what your plans are exactly. Maybe you won't have more free time on your hands, but at least you know it won't be in the in the city role anymore. How? What are you most excited about now? This new chapter of your life, specifically about you know being able to experience downtown. Well, I'm hoping to go, hoping to, go to more shows, more more music events, those kinds of things. Uh, I'll have more time to do that. Um, and I've jokingly told folks I like my urban hiking. You know, everybody knows I do a lot of walking down yeah. here, and uh, I've got I've got several several mile paths I like to walk on and I'm going to continue to do that both South Knoxville and downtown um, it's just interesting and I always run into people like I said I know so I, you know, I'm going to keep up all more like my relationships I have with everybody I hope um, so you know a few times a week I hope to do that still uh, but I like to fish I like to read I garden I'm a you know I'm a big gardener and I like to like to hike I like the you know I like, I like being out in the woods I mean I'm the surveyor. I was a coal miner in Eastern Kentucky for my first 14 years oh, wow. of employment. So, um, so I spent lots of time then, and I haven't done that obviously being downtown coordinator like I like to. I like to fish, and so I'm hoping to do all those things awesome. in retirement. Well, I'm excited for you, and thanks for joining me here on the show. And congrats on uh, an awesome lengthy career. Again, a big thank you to Rick Emmett for taking the time to sit down with me. Just a great conversation there. And, um, you know, nobody knows downtown uh, better than him when it comes to the city. And very interesting to hear his thoughts about how downtown has changed and where downtown is going. 
Uh, as for the scruffy stuff, we're not going anywhere. We'll be back here again next week. And so while you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and hit that like or subscribe button to get a notification every time a new episode drops. And just so everybody knows, a uh, big announcement, the podcast is going to be moving officially to Tuesdays. So uh, if you don't sign up for those alerts, you can always come back on Tuesday and see what we are talking about next. Uh, in the podcast description, you'll see a link to the Urban Knoxville Facebook group and the Urban Knoxville newsletter, both free uh, groups and a free newsletter that you can join and become a part of to get even more information that we can share here on the Scruffy Stuff. And as always, if you'd like to reach out to me in the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at Knox Scruff. And while we appreciate your support here on the podcast, we would love it if you take that support a step further by one, leaving a review, a five-star one. If you believe that the podcast is up to those standards, we like to think so. And we would love to hear what you think about the show and what you'd like to hear us talk about next. So go ahead and leave a review and leave a comment about what you like about the show and head on over to knoxnews.com slash subscribe to see our latest offers, support local journalists and get unlimited access to not just downtown news, but Knoxville news, Knox County everything in east tennessee from politics and government to business and development to food and nightlife and of course ut sports so again the scruffy stuff is brought to you by knox news and uh, we appreciate you listening we'll be back again again next week remember on tuesday to share the latest from downtown knoxville thanks again for listening we'll see you again next week